Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to our latest one-on-one podcast. And joining me today, I have Shobit Shukla, who is the co-founder and chief revenue officer of NIA. Welcome. Thanks, Kim. Now, we were just talking before we started about Singapore, because that's technically your home base, but you're actually on the road a lot, aren't you? I am. I mean, it's, Singapore is one of the better places to be in if you're traveling a fair bit by itself. It's a small market, but it's a great place to live and then also travel in and out of. So in that sense, it's extremely convenient. Okay. And Nia, relatively new company, founded in 2013 uh, in Singapore, but with offices, I think... Uh, a lot of countries around the world, but including San Francisco and New York, correct? That is correct. So we have a fairly global presence. We are we are operating out of um, you know our Sydney office for Australia, New Zealand, oh. um, an office in Tokyo for North Asia, Japan, um, London for continental Europe, and uh, New York and San Francisco for the US. Okay, and um, considerable recognition already. I think. I mean, I, I I've seen things like you're the world's largest data intelligence platform. So that's pretty rapid growth, isn't it? It is. It is, and and. To be honest, we are also living in this age where, you know, just the volume of data, and if you think about it, you know, we, we, we are sitting here on this table with a few smartphones, um, the average number of devices per per individual has increased, the amount of time we are spending on these devices has increased, so which means that the amount of data that's available has increased, and the storage costs have come down, so which means that we can do so much more with the data, and, and it kind of inter- intersects with our start as a company, so... I would say it's it's part uh, part luck as well for us. Okay, now the company name Nia, does that deliberately have the implication that one of the things you're looking at is location data, location intelligence? That is correct, and that's how we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and as happens with a lot of startups, you evolve as 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 you undertake the journey. So when we started, we were very focused on and building expertise around location data, geo data, and understanding how people are moving to different places. But over the past uh, two years, what we have realized is location data is a very interesting way to understand and connect the digital and the offline world, mm-hmm. the physical world and the world that is there out in the digital uh, ecosystem. And that also allows us to overlay and augment a lot of different data sets. Because you know, if you think about it, Location is what tells me about where you live, mm-hmm. where you work, what are the places that you like to go to. But then I can overlay so many other things on top of location, right? So weather, for example, is a function of location. Depending on which part of the country you're in, the we- weather, weather will change. Yeah. Weather yeah. Will change. Um, the traffic is a function of location. The traffic right. is, when I'm just coming here, there are certain parts of the city where the traffic is really bad. And it's the same thing in terms of the real estate prices and, and the, the, you know, the merchant locations where you're buying products. A lot of it is linked to so while we started with location data as a foundation, over a period of time, we realized that we were literally enabling a whole host of these ancillary data sets mm-hmm. to be able to augment it in location. And hence, we've sort of graduated to an ambient intelligence platform, which is, uh, which is kind of not just looking at where you are, but also looking at your surroundings. Because we are getting into an age where it's not just the humans that are context aware, it's, it's the surroundings that are as well. I mean, the devices that we are on when we are staying at home, when we are out and about, we have smartphones, we have tablets, we have wearables, we have the Internet of Things, our home appliances are connected by devices, and all of that is generating a lot of data which can be leveraged to make our lives better. Right. I think, I mean, I, I like words, and I think ambient is a very apt word here because you're talking about the whole data environment which surrounds the, the person of interest or the device of interest. It does, and, and 
as you know, as I was saying earlier, in the as the years have gone by, and a lot of it has happened in a very short span of time. If you just think about three, three, four years ago, and and the amount of time we were spending on, for example, our smartphones, compared to the amount of time we are spending today, an average American today spends more time on in front of their uh, looking at these small screens than they do looking at the TV as well. Mm-hmm. And that's just if you just think about it, that's just phenomenal. It's just a massive amount of time. In fact, in Manhattan, when you when you walk, people have just stopped started oh walking a bit slower because they're looking not at where yes. they're going, but actually the screens. That is a daily experience here, trying to get past the person who is yeah. drifting along the street, <laughs> yeah. looking at their device. Uh, but um, let's talk about the kinds of um, sources of data you have. Now, you're obviously servicing clients, so I assume you can uh, draw their data sets, their first-party data, transactional data. What, what other kinds of sources are you adding to this? So there are different dimensions of data. So obviously location data is very critical, and we mm-hmm. source that primarily from the apps that people are downloading and they're agreeing to terms and conditions. And when they, when they give, us, give us the permission to get the location, we are, we are monitoring it. We also have deep partnerships with some of the Wi-Fi and beacon infrastructure companies, which right. gives yeah. us access to that data. Um, but then you also have uh, this wealth of very rich data that's available from transaction and point of sale. Mm-hmm. Um, you can literally look at a vertical. In fact, uh, we, we, we've been in, in discussions with, with, uh, with, with a few casinos oh. um, and, and stadium owners who are into the you know, F&B and, and, and gaming industry, and, and they have a lot of data. And they're trying to figure out how do we make our businesses better and how do we get closer to our consumers uh, by using this data. And you know, I can give a lot of examples, but it's interesting when enterprise customers have their own data about their own consumers, but with this data that we bring in, we actually help them understand more about their customers than they normally would because we are, we are, we are getting data sets that are complementary to their CRM or marketing cloud data. So yeah, that's what it's about, isn't it? Because we're aware brands have access to enormous quantities of data, but the first step to activating it is is tying it to <laughs> particular individuals. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's one of the areas where there is a lot of interesting work that has gone on. Uh, you know, obviously there's a this huge amount of debate around privacy and and who yeah. owns the data and where do you draw the line, which is also extremely extremely important part of the entire discourse. Uh, but there, I, I see the opportunities far outweigh some of the you know. Um, discussions that we need to have as part of this and, and the opportunities are, are, are immense futures. Okay, and we've talked about the Ambient Intelligence Platform. Another solution uh, I saw which Near offers is AllSpark, which is a kind of mobile-first approach. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so AllSpark is our enterprise-grade SaaS product and it, it, it almost brings all of this data that we have in the back end, which is in real time, it's getting constantly updated, to the forefront. So. Our customers can license the product and they can get access to all of this ambient intelligence data in real time. Mm-hmm. Now, where it gets uh, really interesting is uh, you can you can use this product not just for understanding um, or being able to target the right customers uh, with a marketing and advertising message. You can use this for understanding what's happening in your ambient environment. So for example, if you're a brick and mortar store owner, you want to understand what's happening in your store versus what's happening when, when these customers leave the store and go home or, or, or they go to work, you can use the technology to do that. You can also use this for uh, urban development and oh. infrastructure planning, which is very interesting because as the data becomes more available and, and real-time and cleaner and accessible, 
we can use, the governments can start using this to solve some real world problems such as how do we reduce traffic congestion, what are the new areas where we should lay the new um, uh, subway line for example. Yeah. So these are some of the examples and, and all of this can be achieved through AllSpark which is our flagship product. Oh, that, that brings us into the internet of things, that kind of topic, okay. Um, now just one last bit of scene setting before I get on to, I guess, the real question I wanted to ask you. And that's um, how you're delivering the data. Our customer, maybe there may be a number of options. Are customers coming onto your platform to activate the data and execute with it, or can you plug your data into solutions? They maybe they're already an Oracle shop or an Adobe shop or whatever. How, how does it work? It works both ways, and that's the beauty of AllSpark. So it's designed ground up to offer you the flexibility where. One, it is helping you visualize the data. You know, I think one of the bigger opportunities in the times ahead is not just being able to process the data, mm -hmm. but also be able to bring it to life so that yeah. I, as, as a marketer or, or uh, you know, as, as a city planner, for example, can visualize the data because that's the hard part. Everyone cannot process billions of pings of data. It has to be digestible. But secondly, once you are able to visualize it and derive insights, you can act upon it. So we have integrations in place with Oracle, with Google, and some of the largest uh, marketing cloud platforms, mm -hmm. uh, which enables you the flexibility to be able to port this data into your environment, into your wall garden, and then execute on it, whichever way you want. And all of this is obviously in an anonymized fashion. So we, yes. we don't know who the person is. It's yeah. all hashed. So. And uh, can you develop audiences within Nearest platform, or is that something you need other technology for? You can absolutely define and custom rules and build audience segments within the platform. I mean, as an example, you could literally type in um, all the cafes or let's say uh, places which are selling pizza in Manhattan, mm -hmm. and we have a database of all the places that are selling pizzas or all the places that are selling Americano, and you can see um, how many people were there uh, over the weekend uh, in the morning, okay. and then. You can use that data to do analytics, business intelligence, marketing, advertising, and so on. And that's really the beauty of the product. Okay. And that brings us perfectly to the point I wanted to get to, which is talk about attribution, because I know you have a belief that the kinds of data strategies we've been talking about, and especially real-time data, helps to solve the, the timeless problem of attribution. It does. And... I'll probably take a step back here and also just redefine a bit of our vision. When we started, you know, one of the things that we always wanted to do was to be able to use, leverage data from all these post-PC devices, you know, not just smartphones, but in the post-PC era, your wearables, your home yeah. appliances, connected internet of things, and use this data to almost measure and quantify the physical world. So I'll give you an example. When you go to an e-commerce site, and you uh, add products to the cart, and at the last minute you decide to drop off. You decide, okay, this is too expensive or not the right time, let me think about it. But the e-commerce the e site would, would know precisely what products you were thinking of buying, and they'll recommend similar products, they will offer you discounts. So everything in the digital ecosystem is quantifiable. Now think about the parallel in the physical world. You could walk into the store nearby, the pharmacy, and you decide to buy a toothpaste, you look around, you don't like anything, and you walk out. And there's nothing they can do about it, and probably they wouldn't even know who walked in. And that's what some of these devices and technologies will help us do. They'll help us quantify what's happening in the physical space, not just the digital one, and connect mm -hmm. the dots. And I think that's where the, the data becomes interesting, because now we can not just know who are the right um, customers for your product, we can actually target them. And then we can see in the physical world, did they end up walking into your into your environment and did they end up buying something? And, and that really is the holy grail. So you're really 
um, tying up the different portions of the journey. You can now know not just that somebody researched the product online, perhaps put it in the cart, didn't end up paying for it, but the same person actually went into a store and yeah. bought it, and yeah. you know yeah. you can understand what absolutely. What's and and it's, so we are all living in a in a world where we all have multiple identities. You have an identity online, you have an identity through your phone, you have an identity because of your credit card, your loyalty number, and we are trying to. But in this ecosystem, we're trying to bring all of that together so that we have a single view of, of you as an individual. Okay. And how close to real time are we getting with that? Because the updating, whether you call it an identity graph, I don't know, updating those views of the individual, um, it, you don't want to be working on information which is two, three, four weeks out of date. I mean, the purchase might have occurred. They might Absolutely. not be interested in that. Absolutely. Anymore. Absolutely. And in fact, what we realize is that just like we have the Murphy's Law where you know the, the storage capacity keeps on increasing <laughs> at a regular point in time, we also have... Uh, we also realize that the value of data goes or falls down exponentially with time. It's not falling down linearly. It's actually going down exponentially. And in our case, uh, through AllSpark, for example, if you, going back to my early example of people who were looking to buy or who were at a cafe or looking to buy a pizza, that information as a person walks in gets updated in the order of milliseconds. It's not even seconds or minutes, it's actually milliseconds. So it's as real time as it gets. That's about as close as we <laughs> as close as we need. Yeah. And um, just to to wrap up, talk a little bit about Nia's market. I think I saw you're in something like forty four countries, which is a lot. Yeah, so we have expanded rapidly and one of the things where, you know, interestingly we are different from uh, most of the technology companies is, you know, you, you see a lot of these companies start in Silicon Valley, which is obviously mm-hmm. uh, the most vibrant ecosystem of the world. Then they expand and go east and we've kind of started from Asia and then <laughs> right. gone west. Uh, and in a way it's been it's been a great experience uh, because it allowed us to to, uh, to be able to expand organically across these 40 plus countries. Uh, easier said than done because all these countries are so very different. I mean, mm-hmm. US is so different from, say, a Germany, which is so different from a Japan or an Australia or a Singapore. And and our, the fact that we've been able to bring all of these data sets together and made them to, to coexist and to and made them available through a single product, uh, I would say is a, is a great achievement, but we're just getting started. Okay. And what kinds of uh, clients do you have? Are you looking at all verticals, all levels? We, we, we have customers across multiple different verticals. Um, uh, you know, retail is obviously the one which is which is where there's this tremendous amount of value. We work across uh, various verticals such as auto. Um, telecom operators are some of our biggest clients. We also work very closely with the banking and financial services oh, and the okay. insurance sector because yeah. they are constantly looking for new sources of data to understand um, you know, the various trends and their customer behavior. So, uh, so we work across all the verticals. Excellent. Well, we'll be hearing more about you in the United States, I see. Absolutely. Okay. So, enjoy your travels. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Kim. And everyone, look out for the next one-on-one podcast.